Animal Gear Written by Drew Scott Planned by Sakai Dozier and Jordan Buckingham Narrated by Sakai Dozier Act 1 Sequence 2 We find ourselves at midday in Bella Fortaleza. The streets are filled with animal people of all types. Bears, bulls, jaguars, big cats, anthropomorphized peoples of all kinds, wandering the streets in the midday. We zero in on a particular establishment, a place called the Longhorn Steakhouse. It is Diego's diner. Here, they sell many things, many different types of foods, primarily specializing in bug-style cuisine, things like longhorn beetles, their specialty, of course, but also imported forms, such as dragonfly meat, or the odd ant abdomen for the very discerning taste. This establishment, full of rough customers at this portion of the day, any wearing tattered and torn clothing, or dirty items of the like, just come in for their midday's break. However, in a far corner of this establishment, there are two well-dressed beings, Bartol, a well-dressed bull with underslung horns that wreathe his face, and Rook, a similarly well-dressed polar bear. Bartol leans back in his chair, while drinking some tea, as he watches Quetzal, a bird of paradise. He and his friends, a macaw and an ocelot, are making the rounds delivering food. Following not too far behind them, a giant otter and sloth are cleaning the tables and preparing them for new customers. Diego, a Doberman, an owner of the establishment, is calling out dishes to the cook. As we make our way around this bustling restaurant, we come across some rough-looking armadillos playing darts with gallery pistols. And despite the usage of guns here, no one seems to be perturbed. A mother wolf with her child is watching as they play. Let me try! I want to shoot! the child asks. The mother silently acquiesces to the child's requests, leading the child over to the drunks. She speaks loudly to one of them, without fear. Aye! Give me that thing! My kid wants to shoot a few! The young armadillos ignore her. At this, she is angered, grabbing one of the shooter's arms. Aye! He was taking aim at the moment, so his shot went wide hitting a random patron at the bar. Ah! God damn it! What's your aim, asshole? Diego, somewhat annoyed, but otherwise unconcerned, speaks. Hey, stop shooting my customers. Also, order up! At this, all of the patrons involved shrugged, a few of them chuckling at the misfortune of the barman. The patron who was shot simply digs into the wound on his shoulder and flicks the bullet out, as if nothing happened. He takes a deep breath, and, surely enough, the wound heals completely. His wound handled, he goes back to his drink. He watches as Quetzal passes by this man to pick up Bartol's order from Diego. Looks like Bartol's back. How about you tat him up for a while? 
I don't know what you talked to him about last time, but he left a huge tip. Oh, you know, politics, my inventions, and other stuff. Yeah, just do whatever you did last time. Diego pats Quetzal on the shoulder. Quetzal nods and takes the plates to the table. It's a very expensive meal for Martol and Rook. Import a dragonfly wing, wrapped in ladybug meat. Quetzal carefully places the plates on the table. Here you are, your usual. Great to see you again. Quetzal! It's been too long. Stay a minute, won't you? What do you have up your sleeve today? I finished a couple prototypes, actually. And I arranged a meeting with some local merchants for a contract to sell one of my prototypes. What brings you to town, though? Are you here early for the president's rally in a few weeks? Barthol tugs at his shirt to cool off. He is not used to the warm environment. Yes, indeed. I'll be taking you with me. My treat. You'll get the real perspective of the common man. Besides that, I have some other business. It is hot as hell in here. Uh, can I get some water, please? Honestly, it's a bit colder than usual for South America. Seems you brought the cold with you from Antarctica. What's going on out there, anyway? As he says this, Quetzal grabs an ice water pitcher from a nearby table and freshens up Bartol and Rook's drinks. Bartol looks around to see if anyone is listening. Then he leans in closer to Quetzal. I'm funding an expedition. Wow, that's amazing, but dangerous, isn't it? Extremely. You see, in Antarctica, we are limited to our coastal cities, our mining settlements in the mountains. We are encroaching on the interior, but progress is slow. Our leadership is too tentative and cautious. But the people understand the need for decisive action. I'm going to prove that reaching the South Pole is possible. That sounds... terrifying. Will you be okay? I can't promise anything. It's one of the most dangerous places in the world. But I'll have the best team and the best gear that money can buy. That's what you need for a historic expedition, after all. I I'm concerned, but you seem to know what you're doing. It's worth the investment, trust me. But that's enough about me. What's this about prototypes? A rough-and-tumble tamarin at the nearby table, who is listening in on the conversation, leans over. He appears to want to talk. Rook sits up straight, observing this, worried for his client. The tamarin, obviously drunk, flicks his finger like a lighter, producing a small yellow flame on his thumb. It appears that he is a Domagus. He lights a cigarette with his flaming thumb. The other patrons at his table and the bar nearby stare nervously. The tamarind takes a drag on his cigarette and puffs it at Bartol, Quetzal, and Rook's direction. Bartol looks a bit irritated. Do you mind? We are having a conversation here. Got a little warm for you? Oh, poor baby. Why don't you hop on back to your igloo and stop taking up the good food and seats, eh? 
Rook gets up from the booth. Bartol watches quietly as Rook moves in to confront the Tamarin. Rook regards the Tamarin with a bit of ire. If you're looking for more seats, feel free to find them elsewhere. But if you're looking for a fight, I suggest you reconsider. Eh? What are you going to do, you frosty-ass teddy bear? I prefer toasty-ass polar bear. Rook holds both palms together, then opens them, creating a roaring flame about a foot tall that erupts from between where his palms connect. At this, the patrons yell and shriek, running and hiding from their tables. One of the waitresses shouts from the other side of the room, Hey! Knock it off! You're scaring people! Kettle, nearest to the situation, very sheepishly speaks up. Uh, sirs, could you please put those out? Rook pays Ketzel no heed. He grins at the tamarin. The tamarin, cowering in his seat, is well illuminated by the fire, but he's still holding up the small flame on the tip of his thumb. You heard the boy. Put it out. You're fast. Don't test me. I could burn this whole place to the ground. This is pure blood, Mansi from a real noble bloodline. Not at all like that deluded stuff in your veins, I'm sure. The fire in Rook's hands flares up, growing to twice the original height. The tamarin falls out of his chair, backing away in fear, and his weak flame on his thumb goes out. Rook raises the flames up above his head, ready to strike. Ketzel pushes himself between Rook and the Tamarin. He holds his arms out to block any attack from Rook, shaking in his boots, but resolute in his decision. He puts his palms up to shield his own face from a possible encroaching attack. But please, stop! You've made your point! Rook sets his gaze on Ketzel, registering some amusement at his feeble attempt. The Tamarin is cowering on the floor. Bartol, seated, and not scared, but a little annoyed, pulls out his shirt again. Rook, put it out. It's hot enough as it is, and I think he grasped the severity of the situation. You got it, boss. Rook puts the flame out with a puff of smoke. He smirks and rubs his hands together before sitting back down. The tamarind scuttles away. <laughs> Those thin bloods are always biting off more than they can chew. After this, the diner calms down a bit. People start filing back in. They are still wary of Bartol and Rook, seated calmly in their corner of the restaurant. Ketzel sits down at the table nearest to Bartol, so he can still chat. Does he do this sort of thing often? Bartol shrugs. Only when he feels it's necessary. So, where were we? Ketzel, still a little bit shaken, but assured that things have started to calm down. 
wipes his forehead with a rag and catches his breath. Whew. End scene.